You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. How about we pray as we open God's Word and continue this week to reflect on Jesus' heart for sufferers, Jesus' heart for sinners through our Gentle and Lowly series. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you, God, for just how good you are. How good you are. We can say that with confidence, Jesus. No matter the, no matter the wonderful times we have, no matter the valley lows we experience in this life, God, we can declare and hold fast to the reality that you are good. You are good. You never cease being good. You never cease being kind. You never cease being fully who you are. And we just rejoice in that. And God, this morning as we reflect on this this series, looking at your heart, your very heart, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would awaken our hearts to not only understand in in an intellectual level about who Jesus is, but to experience who Jesus is in deeper, more profound ways that wouldn't just be like, oh, that was lovely, that moment where I had that thought about Jesus, but it would cause us to have life transformation, ongoing heart transformation, deeper and deeper encounters with you through your Holy Spirit each and every day of our lives. We want to know you, Jesus. We want to abide with you and in you, Jesus. Teach us to do that, God, we pray. So, Lord, speak to us today. Give us ears to hear what you are saying, Holy Spirit, this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you, if you missed last week's message, I, I encourage you, take, take some time to listen to it or you can watch it. I introduced this book. It's a book called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland and... I shared around who Jesus is, what his heart is for us, that he is self-described. This is how he describes himself. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, For I am gentle and lowly in heart. That is who Jesus is. That is who he is then, back then, and right now. He's unchanging. He hasn't changed. And I, as I said, as I said, even in praying... If we really understand this, if we actually feel this to be true for us, this can change everything for us. This can change our entire outlook on life. This can change our experience of relationship with God. Yeah? So if you missed last week's message, I encourage you, go and check that out sometime this week. Today we're going to reflect on a couple of other profound truths explored in detail in this book. And here's the first. Jesus approaches us with sympathy as we struggle with our sins. Jesus actually approaches us with sympathy as we struggle with our sins. If you've got your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. It'll be up on the screen. And we'll read from verse 14. And in my Bible, it's titled, Jesus the Great High Priest. The writer of Hebrews writes, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Get that this morning. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who offers mercy and grace when we come to him in our time of need. Dane Ortland, he he sheds further insights into what this means in this book. He says, All our natural intuitions tell us that Jesus is with us, on our side, present and helping when life is going well. This text says the opposite. It is in our weaknesses that Jesus sympathizes with us. The word for sympathize here is a compound word formed from the prefix meaning with, like our English prefix co, joined with the verb to suffer. So sympathize here is not cool and detached pity. It is a depth of felt solidarity, such as is echoed in our own lives most closely only as parents to children. Indeed, it is deeper even than that. In our pain, Jesus is pained. In our suffering, he feels the suffering as his own, even though it isn't. Not that invincible divinity is threatened, but in the sense that his heart is feeling drawn into our distress. His human nature engages our troubles comprehensively. His is a love that cannot be held back when he sees his people in pain. Wow. This is what Ortland in the book calls the unrestrained withness of Jesus regarding his people. Jesus is not some distant deity. He's not sitting on a throne somewhere up in the heavens, completely removed, distant, from us as we suffer in this world. Friends, he's with us. He's actually with us. More than that, he's drawn to us because he sees that we're suffering in this broken and fallen world. Jesus is a God who actually has compassion for us. I remember when I was probably 12 or 13, been involved in another church in Hillsville and I was asked by the minister at the time, he knew that I was learning piano and he asked me, it was a good tip actually, how to keep a young person in the church, give them something to do, together we serve, yeah, um, but he asked me if I could learn a song to play with him and even now as, as I'm sharing this, I can remember it just like it was yesterday. The song was called God Version 1 by Robin Mann, pretty cool name for a song. And verse 1 went like this. It says, I don't believe in a God up in the sky who sits in heaven and never hears me cry. I don't believe in a God who's far away. I believe in Jesus living here with us today. And verse 4, I don't believe in a tyrant on a throne who wants to punish us for every wrong we've done, who keeps a tally of each mistake in crime. God wants to have mercy on us each and every time. I remember as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old kid practicing this, I remember reading the lyrics and just not feeling it. 
Like, to be brutally honest with you, I just didn't feel it. Like, really didn't feel it. I read it. I sung it. I understood it on an intellectual level, I guess, that God is a God who says that he's all these things. But I didn't feel it, personally. I didn't believe it. In fact, I could have flipped the lyrics, in fact, you know? Even as I was practicing it, I was kind of making alternate lyrics in my mind and heart that would have sat better with my understanding, my experience of relationship with God at the time. Lyrics like this. I believe in a God up in the sky who sits in heaven and never hears me cry. I believe in a God who's far away. Jesus certainly isn't living here with us today. I believe in a tyrant on a throne who wants to punish us for every wrong we've done, who keeps a tally of each mistake and crime. God doesn't want to have mercy on us each and every time. That's how I viewed God back then. And let's be real today. Maybe this is how some of us view God from time to time as we go through life as well. Maybe some of us here, maybe some of us watching online. Maybe some of us who are testing the waters, so to speak, with with church again. Maybe this has been your experience in maybe a very legalistic church in the past where it's kind of all about doing the right things and keeping all the commandments and the focus is on legalism. Maybe that has been your experience. Maybe that has been how you viewed God in the past. You might read the scriptures you know, read through one of the Gospels, for instance, and see time and time again how, how Jesus was drawn to people in their suffering, how he saw people suffering under the weights of their sins and also under the weights that the religious leaders of the day put upon them. And what was he moved with? He was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion for them. You see this. You read this in the Scriptures, but you don't believe that it can be true for you today. You, you might, you know, listen to me read Hebrews 4 earlier and some of you might have said in your heart or under your breath, like in your mind, well, that might be true for you or that might be true for someone else who's listening to this, but the high priest I have isn't able to sympathise with my weaknesses and surely won't offer me mercy and grace. No way. And then when I shared the, the verses of God version 1, You had similar thoughts to those maybe I had those years ago when I was learning the song. God isn't close. God's not close to me. He's far away. He's distant. He doesn't have time for me. He's certainly not here with me today. He's ready and waiting to punish me for every wrong I've done. I know that full well. He's keeping a list of every mistake, every crime. He's not going to show me mercy. No way. Can I encourage you today? Can I encourage you today? Would you open your ears? Would you open your heart to consider, to understand, to feel, maybe for the very first time, what Jesus is actually like, what his heart is for you? Jesus tells us, self-described again, this isn't someone else saying who God is. This is God saying who God is. Jesus tells us that he is gentle and lowly, in heart. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus is close to those who suffer. In fact, Jesus is drawn to anyone who's suffering, anyone who is broken. He has compassion for all people, for all of us who suffer and sin today. He has compassion for you. Why does he? 
Why? Why is this so? Well, many reasons, but if we stick with Hebrews 4, the writer of Hebrews in, explains in Hebrews 4, Jesus has actually experienced life in this world. That's a good reason to have compassion for others, isn't it? Living life in this world. He knows, Jesus knows better than anyone what it's like to do life on earth. Let's read Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 again. It reads, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you see that? Jesus is able to sympathize. He sides with us. He feels solidarity with us. Why? Because he's lived and breathed and existed and walked in this difficult world. He's been here. He's lived it. This great high priest, Jesus, who has passed through the very heavens, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth, who has been tempted in every way just as we have, he's lived it. He's been here. He's dwelt here with us as one of us. And this is why, friends, Jesus longs to shower people with mercy and grace when they turn to him. This is why his heart is such that he wants to just see people blessed because he knows what it's like to be human. He knows how hard it is. He knows the temptations. He's faced the temptations. He's endured the temptations. And yet, unlike us, who aren't perfect, aren't holy, aren't blameless, he's been able to be victorious over temptation. He's faced those temptations that you and I struggle with on a daily or monthly or yearly basis. He's faced them. And because of that, he actually knows. Like he actually knows our experience. This is why Jesus is able to sympathize with us because he has been here. He has been, he has existed in our world and he has seen firsthand and he has experienced firsthand, just as we reflected on before. He's experienced it personally, the worst that humanity has to offer. Now, here's the wonderful reality in all of this. And this is. This is truly a wonderful reality if we grasp this. Unlike us who have fallen short and sinned against God, Jesus faced all the challenges. He dealt with all the feels of, that we feel as humanity, all the brokenness, humanity and sin that humanity could throw his way and yet he still didn't sin, not even once. And this is why the writer of Hebrews describes Jesus as a great high priest. This is why we can hold fast, as, as the writer says, to our confession of faith in Jesus. And this is why any of us can draw close to God's throne of grace. Because we're drawing near, not alone, not in our imperfect state, but we're in, in drawing near through the great high priest who's representing us before God. We're drawing near as forgiven, restored, redeemed daughters. 
and sons of the living God. And this is why any of us can receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. Isn't that something, friends? Like, if you actually consider that and let that sink in, that is something to celebrate. Uh, Chet Harvey, he's the associate pastor at Hebron Church in the US, he says this. He says, Jesus doesn't love us from far away, but is one who walks alongside us, even in the midst of our sin. Now, that's, a, that's sometimes a strange thought, isn't it? Even in the midst of our sin, like, isn't God repulsed by sin? Sure, he is, but he's not repulsed by us. In fact, he's drawn to us, and he wants to see us free of sin. He wants to see us delivered from whatever it is that we're struggling with. We might very much feel alone in our sin. We might feel and think that God is far from us. We might even believe really believe that Jesus couldn't possibly have compassion or concern for us because of X, Y, Z, multiplied by D 20 years ago. You, you know what I mean? Listen to me today. Jesus does. He does. He really does. The same Jesus who was moved with compassion as countless times through the gospel when he saw sick people, when he saw hungry people, when he saw spiritually misguided or vulnerable people who were there like sheep without a shepherd, people who were grieving, people who were weighed down, people beset with sin, the same Jesus looks at you, sees you, and is moved with compassion for you. Do you believe it today? And just as his compassion for people in the past led him to move toward people, his compassion now leads him to do the very same thing today. He longs to draw near to you and will draw near if we approach him and let him come close. If we move towards him, if we come to him, he will come near, as James 4a says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jesus' heart, as Ortland so beautifully says, is to move towards, to touch, heal, embrace and forgive those who least deserve it, yet truly desire it. Those who least deserve it, yet truly desire it. Here's another amazing thing. Not only does God see us suffering in sin and, and feel compassion, not only is God closer than a brother to us, drawn to those who are suffering under the effects of sin, but his, this is profound. He deals gently with us in our sin. He deals gently with us in our sin. The author of Hebrews writes this in Hebrews 5.2, speaking in context of a human high priest. He says, he, a human high priest, can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. But of course, Jesus is different, isn't he? Why can Jesus, the great high priest, why is he motivated to deal gently with us? Pretty simple, really, because he experienced what it was to be weak. He experienced what it was to be beset with weakness. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Jesus in the flesh remained fully God, almighty, completely divine, set apart, holy, perfect, complete, nothing lacking in him whatsoever. And yet, 
in becoming one of us, taking on human flesh, our form, he experienced what it was to be human. And because he experienced what it was to be human, he experienced human weakness, human frailty, the challenge of waking up with a sore back in the morning. You know, blisters in the sandals from walking too many Ks to go and preach somewhere. You know what I'm saying? He experienced what it was to be human. He knew what it was like to be beset with weakness because he humbled himself to the form of a human and lived in our broken, sin-soaked world. This is why he deals. This is why he loves more than anything to deal gently with us in our sin. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, again, that's good, but surely Jesus only deals with some gently. Like, if you even knew my sin, Joel, then you'd know that God wouldn't deal gently with me. Don't miss this. This is really important. Who does the scripture say he deals gently with? The ignorant and wayward. The ignorant and wayward. In other words, Pastor Joel. Probably you as well. In other words, it means anyone and everyone. Because that's, that sums up mankind apart from God, doesn't it? Ignorant and wayward. Chasing after money, chasing after girls or boys, chasing after status, chasing after all the temporary things that we think might fulfill the deepest longings and holes in our hearts. And yet, as we pursue them, we realise they don't bring happiness, they bring further disillusionment, and it's this horrible roundabout that eventually goes in a downward spiral. Yeah? Ignorant and wayward. All sinners, all people. I don't know what this realisation does in your spirit, but for me, it, it's, it really encourages me. It lifts me up, in fact. It causes me to rejoice, to celebrate. Why? Because there is nothing, there is no sin, there is no struggle, there is no brokenness on my part or on your part that would cause God to turn away from us. Do you believe that today? Some of us do. It's okay, we'll get there. There is nothing, there is no sin, there is no struggle, there is no brokenness on your part, now past, that would ever cause Jesus to turn away and say, no, nope, they're too far gone. Not at all. He's been here. He's been here. He's lived in this broken world. He knows, he really knows, friends. He's experienced what it is to be human and this is why this is like one of the underlying things that motivates him in how he deals gently with us. Because he sympathises with our weakness. He deals gently with us. Are you getting this today? Isn't it amazing? And the important thing to remember in this, like this can be true, this can be our experience, this can be anyone's experience any one of us no matter our background no matter our story if we simply come to him and if you remember back to the broader part of Matthew um, that we read Matthew 11 verse 28 those broader passages are what does Jesus invite people to do come to me come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest that's where he describes himself as being gentle and lowly in heart 
This can be true for any of us. Ortland explains this really clear, clearly. So if, you, if you're seeking, if you're searching for spiritual truth today, please hear this. And if you're a follower of Jesus, doesn't matter how long, really listen to this. Let these words soak deep into your heart because this, this is describing the gentleness of our Saviour towards you. Ortland writes, Jesus deals gently and only gently with all sinners who come to him, irrespective of their particular offence and just how heinous it is. What elicits tenderness from Jesus is not the severity of the sin, but whether the sinner comes to him. Whatever our offence, he deals gently with us. If we never come to him, we will experience a judgment so fierce, it'll be like a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth at us. Revelation references there. But if we do come to him, as fierce as his lion-like judgment would have been against us, so deep will his lamb-like tenderness be toward us. We will be enveloped in either one or the other. To no one will Jesus be neutral. And he continues, Consider what all this means. When we sin, we are encouraged to bring our mess to Jesus because he will know just how to receive us. He doesn't handle us roughly. He doesn't scowl and scold. He doesn't lash out the way many of our parents did. And all this restraint on his part is not because he has a diluted view of our sinfulness. He knows our sinfulness far more deeply than we do. His restraint simply flows from his tender heart for his people. Hebrews is not just telling us that instead of scolding us, Jesus loves us. It's telling us the kind of love he has. Rather than dispensing grace to us from on high, he gets down with us. He puts his arm around us. He deals with us in the way that is just what we need. He deals gently with us. Jesus' heart is drawn out to you. Nothing can chain his affections to heaven. His heart is too swollen with endearing love. This very care, this gentle dealing with all kinds of sinners, listen to this, is what is most natural to him. Friends, Jesus is gentle and lowly. He is close and he is drawn to people. He's drawn to every single one of us, no matter the sin we're dealing with, no matter how broken and hurt we are from the storms and the disappointments and the hard things in life, no matter even whether we're very close to him right now or not. Guess what? Jesus still sees us. He still sees you. And he wants to deal gently with you. He wants to care for you. He wants to comfort you. And the question is, the question for all of us is, are we going to let him? Are we going to let him? Are we going to take Jesus up on the invitation? Are we going to, as Jesus himself says, come to me? Are we going to come to him and have that opportunity to actually abide with him and abide in him and let him care for us and comfort us, whatever it is we're facing. In fact, will we let him do that right now for us today? The offer's there. 
Jesus is always ready and waiting to restore, to heal, to encourage, to uplift. That's his heart. And he is gentle and lowly. He deals gently with us. How about we just pray? We'll just wait on the Spirit together and maybe have some prayer ministry. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord God, we we do just want to just rest in you. We want to abide in you right now, God. And, Lord, I just actually, if if anyone just wants to, you don't have to come forward. Maybe maybe you're here today and you're not like just with our eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and, and you're like, yeah, man, that that is me. I've... I'm like you as a back in the day when you were learning that song. That, that is what I feel towards God. I feel like he's distant. I feel like he's disapproving. I feel like he's keeping a record of wrongs. And I feel like he's kind of holding it against me. And this, is, this has affected my desire even for God. I, I can't draw near. I, there's like a barrier. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you. And if... If you're kind of thinking to yourself, man, I, I, I just struggle to abide. I struggle to come to Jesus. I'm, I'm so fixed on maybe not even the things of this world, but just all the things that I need to do, even the best things like providing for my family or, or um, being a diligent worker or, um, yeah, investing in friends and relationships and all that sort of stuff. But so often I, I don't abide. I just kind of... I'm there for a moment and then I'm off again. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you as well. And Lord, if, 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 if there's people here today who, even just as we've been reflecting on the heart of Jesus, his own heart, his self-described, this is my heart, he says, guys, this is my heart, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Maybe for you, you've never thought, before that this is actually who Jesus is, that this is how he views you, this is how he would treat you if you were to come to him. But for whatever reason, you've just struggled to to take that step of, you know what, I I really want to go with Jesus this year even. I'm sick of walking it alone or I'm sick of just kind of dipping the toes in, getting a taste of what it's like to be close to God. I, I want to be all in. I want to immerse myself. I want to fully abide. I want to fully live in step with the gentle and lowly Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand and I'll pray for you as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you, God, for your heart towards us. We thank you, Jesus, that the invitation's there for any of us, whether we're, we've been following you for 60 years or whether we're not even following you right now at this point. Perhaps, Lord, we're even listening online or here in person and we, we don't even believe that you exist. Lord, wherever we're at, it doesn't change your heart towards us. It doesn't change your heart that you see people, you see us existing in this world and you are drawn to us. You are drawn to us. You, your desire is to draw near and, and comfort and guide and encourage and be gentle with us as we suffer, as we struggle with the, the challenges of this world and as we choose, I guess, to, to sin um, and do things 
that, that don't please you, God. We, we just thank you, Lord, that you are still drawn to us. You want to see us free of those things. You want to see us living in step with you, Holy Spirit. And so today, God, we just pray for a release. We just pray for a release, God, that you would bring a release to those hearts that feel like they, they're just too, too far gone or, you know, I'm, I just can't draw near to God. There's a, there's a barrier there. God, would you bring release to that? Lord, for those who, who maybe are just feeling a bit, bit blare or, you know, a bit lackluster, Lord, I pray, God, that they would, by your Spirit, be able to look to you and draw near to you, come to you, and then experience your gentleness, experience what it means to be close to a lowly Saviour for the first time, Lord, or, or afresh. And so, God, I just pray that you would bless each and every one of us, that you would help us to not only hear these truths, but to allow these truths to sink deep down within our hearts so that our, our hearts are gripped by these realities and, Lord, that would lead us to press into you all the more, that we would grow as people who, who love you, who as people who look to you, and people who know what it is to experience relationship with Jesus, who is gentle and lowly. We want to know your heart, God. We want to know your heart, but we want to feel your heart. We want to experience your heart. Would you deal with us ever so gently, as you desire to do, Lord, simply as we let you. You will. That's your heart. That's your overwhelming desire to do so. But at the same time, God, you don't push yourself on people. If, if we have the barrier up, you, you may miraculously break through and do something. But from my experience, if I've had the barrier up, more often than not, you won't. You'll just wait until we have a soft heart ready to receive you anew. So God, would you soften our hearts so that we can enjoy and experience relationship with you as Jesus, gentle and lowly in heart. And as we do that, Lord, may we truly find rest for our souls. No matter the challenges we face, no matter the speed bumps or the massive mountains that we need to climb in this life, we pray, God, that you would go before us and we would take courage in knowing that not only are you with us in a, in a like an abstract idea, but you are drawn to us. You are closer than a brother to us. You're actually right in the midst of whatever it is we're facing with, facing with us because that's who you are. That is your heart for sufferers and sinners. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you for your heart. And we pray that we might feel and experience more of your heart towards us this week. And we pray it in faith in the only one who can bring anything good about. And that's in faith in Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.